He is worthy of our praise, isn't he? And it is good to be here. It's good to be with you. And uh, this, is a, this is a fun Sunday for me. Every year, uh, we had our first public worship gathering in uh, 2001. And every year, we pause and take a moment to uh, celebrate, to remember, and then to look forward. We call it Vision Sunday. And I, I needed to be reminded of this, uh, so the Lord was good about that with me. And I want to remind you that when we say Vision Sunday, this isn't just something we kind of cooked up in a back room somewhere to try and inspire you or me to get with it. What we are trying to do is see and take hold of the very heart of God as he is doing what he is doing here and around the world. So I want to welcome you to Vision Sunday. We are going to pause to see what God has done, so looking back, and then we are going to try and set our sights on what we believe he wants to do in us and through us in the days ahead, so looking forward. Um, I've had opportunity to work with a bunch of different builders and all that kind of thing in various contexts over the years, and so uh, I reached out to one, and, and I just said, you know, what do you guys do in the midst of a project? What do you do to make sure everything just stays on track? And he said, we have... OAC meetings. That's owner architect contractor meetings. These are the people who know what the plan is, and they're the ones that are responsible to make sure that the project ends up looking like it's supposed to when it's all done. And so I thought, you know what? That is a fantastic illustration of what we're doing today. We'll call this a spiritual OAC meeting. And what we're doing is we are gathering together to make sure that what we're about, our priorities, our values, um, even our desires are in alignment with the architect, the one who designed all of this. We want to make sure we're following hard after him. And one of the ways Jesus... Uh, described this work that he is doing, uh, Matthew 16, 18, he said, I will build my church. So he had architecture, construction in mind. But what's interesting is it was never about a building. It was always about people, a community. So in Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, we are his workmanship. A project that is ongoing, something that he is about, that he is working on. And as I thought about those two phrases, it's very personal. I want you to think about Jesus Christ, the creator of all things. He says, I, very personal, will build my church. This is his church. It's not the elder's church. It's not your church. It's not anybody but his, and we're just glad to be a part of it. So he is going to build his church, and then we, us right here, we are his workmanship. He's doing something 
with us like a great craftsman. And whatever he does brings glory to him. This is a process of creating, constructing, connecting that which has been separated. And this building project will carry on until he returns. And he said that he would return. And when he does, he will make all things new. He will bring this to completion. Uh, Paul says in Philippians 1.6, and be encouraged by this. It's so easy to get discouraged with all the stuff that's going on all around us. Paul says, I am sure of this. I'm not wondering. I, I, I don't just kind of hope for the best. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of reassuring, isn't it? Whatever work is going on today, however hard or confusing or challenging it might be, it will be done exactly as God intended. And we just want to make sure that we are in alignment with that. So until then, we are the project and we get to help. That's pretty cool. We gave you a brochure on your way in this morning. So everybody should have one of these or somebody nearby you. So hang on to that. I'm going to point to that periodically uh, throughout this message. I want you to take note of the phrase on the front, cultivating connected followers of Christ. That is our mission because that is his mission. It's, it's our way of stating Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the great commission, but we are about cultivating connected followers of Christ. And this brochure, um, in a very general way, kind of captures the who, what, why, where, and how of our fulfilling that mission. I want to draw your attention to one thing in particular. It's right in the middle, so open to the staples and then right in the bottom orange section, it says four values. And, and you might think of this as this is how we roll on the job site. This is how we go about doing what we do. And, th and these are reasonable expectations that we can have of one another. First of all, what you see is what you get. This is not going to be some kind of slick presentation for you this morning. Everything that you hear this morning, this is really what we're going after. And we believe it's what God has called us to. So we value authenticity. Life change is a way of life. We love to hear that, maybe even say that, but how many of you just love change? <laughs> right? Not many of us. And those that do, we think they're fanatics. But God has called us in an ever-changing experience with him. He remains faithful. He does not change, but he is calling us to change each and every day. So life changes a way of life. Together is amen. Sometimes that's hard to believe when relationships get hard, when things get awkward. Um, but that is the truth. We are committed to living in 
community. And I'll just mention this just because uh, we're about connecting. You, there's an insert in there with a bunch of QR codes and different areas of ministry and all that. Like this is body life. And I want to encourage you to find ways to connect. And these are the best first ways this fall for you to get connected at our church. There is something here for every person in this room. So please look at that insert and uh, find some ways where you can get connected with the body. Together is better. And then lastly, a long obedience in the same direction. We want to persevere. We want to endure in this good work that God is doing in us and through us. So as we reflect on this last year of ministry, let's start there. And the word I thought of if we're thinking about construction is renovation. You know, we just went into a lot of different places in our community of faith and we just asked the Lord to show us how can we strengthen our relationships with one another? How can we be bodybuilders in this community of faith that God has established? Our theme last year was withward with the body. And so we paid careful attention to our priorities, our habits, our ministry environments, and our relationships with one another. Now, this emphasis is part of a bigger picture. If you've been here for a while, you know we have what we call the portrait of a connected life. That's it right there. We believe that God is throughout history until he brings this work to completion. He is reconnecting all of those things that were broken as a result of sin. And so these five connections are biblical ways that God is reconnecting people upward with God, backward with our story, withward with the body, inward with our gifting, and outward with the mission. All of those connections grounded in the gospel and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So everything that we do is somehow a part of that portrait, including this one that I mentioned from last year, withward with the body. We say that the Christian life is a connected life. And so this core connection of us with each other is important to God. Remember the the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. He prayed that we would be one. And then his illustration for what that oneness would look like is the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's our standard. He wants us to be one like that. So it's a really high priority for him. And we went after that last year. Let me share with you just some ways that we went about it and some things that are encouraging to me for sure as I think about building this connection. We did a year-long emphasis on cultivating Christian community. And we really honed in on these images of like spiritual family, the body of Christ. We talked about not being a cultural tribe, not just some kind of club or association, but as Paul says, we are members of one another in Ephesians 4. That's pretty significant. 
We want to make sure we're intentional about that. Speaking of Ephesians, we went through that book in a series called Life and Light. We talked about being a part of a new community of faith in the first three chapters, and then we talked about a new code of conduct in chapters four through six, a way of walking in newness of life and being a light to the world as a result. Uh, This last spring, we did 40 days of fasting and prayer, and we did that in conjunction with several other churches in town. And we focused in on church-wide devotion to putting off the deeds of the flesh and putting on, setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. And I have heard again and again that for many of you, that was a very significant stride spiritually, that God did some things in you in that 40-day fast that he might not have done in a long time. So very, very encouraging. We strengthened our connections with each other in our ministry environments for children, for students, for men and men's ministry, women and women's ministry, in our community groups. Like we are a church, not a church that does small groups. We're a church of small groups. That's how we do life together. Um, I was super encouraged that 65% of our average Sunday attendance is uh, they're in community, in a community group. That's fantastic. I wish it were 100, but 65 is awesome, and we're going to keep working on that so that we're living life up close and personal with other people in the body of Christ. We uh, took some strides with uh, a series we call Foundations, and that's just a way of us shoring up our shared understanding of what it means to be a disciple who makes disciples who make disciples. That this is a a ministry of multiplication. We're giving our life away to others so that they might know our God and grow in their faith. Uh, We, uh, uh, Kevin Perry, our worship pastor, kicked off our worship choir, and that's been awesome every month to see a group from among us using their gifts, leading us in worship. That's been a great addition, and it really does, again, it it reminds us of this community. Like when we come in here, this isn't a show. It's not like we're performing. We are all, whether you're on the stage or out there, we're all standing before a magnificent God, and we are bringing honor to him and inviting him to speak to us. And so I've just been uh, very encouraged to see that group of people using their gifts to encourage us in our worship of God. We wrapped up a three-year campaign we called Deep Roots, and uh, that was for our facility expansion. And I think we have seen over and over and over again what a blessing it has been to have a little more room to do ministry. And... uh, You guys did a great job fulfilling your pledges that you made three years ago. Some of you came in along the way and you just jumped in and said, okay, we're we're a part of this now. We're going to give toward that. We've made great, great strides financially, and it's super encouraging. With the addition of that space, we were able to invite Redeemer Classical Christian Academy. So, again, think about with word with the body 
The body is certainly just not limited to these four walls. We're a part of the Big C Church, and this school needed a bridge to their permanent location that uh, they'll be moving to in about a year. And so we got to say yes to them. We got to become partners with them in ministry, and God is doing some beautiful things. They were able to hire uh, a new um, head of school this year, and they're off to a great start. So what a beautiful expansion of our uh, community of faith here. And then lastly, I just want to mention, if you, if you didn't notice, there's a lot of new people walking around. We had 100 people go through Connecting Point this last year. And they're from all over the country. And they're just coming here. And what I hear over and over and over again is they're looking for a community of faith where they can be encouraged, get into the word, and live out the Christian life as authentically as possible. And so what a joy we have to invite guests into this community of faith. And they go from being guests to being members of this body and using their gifts in beautiful ways. Now, when we think about guests, we can't help but think about the world we're called to reach outside these walls. Uh, we were never meant to just be a little holy huddle where we get to some point, whatever that point is, and we're like, okay, that's good. We love it now. Feels nice. It's comfortable. No, God is always calling us to more. And, and honestly, that's where we're going this next year, this calling to reach the world represents the commission that we're going to emphasize this next year. It's the last connection up there, the yellow one, outward with the mission. That's going to be our theme for 23-24. So we're going to shift a little bit from maybe a, a picture of renovation to an addition. We're, we're going to try to expand and reach further out than we ever have before. Now, I want to do something that, and I really need your help with this. We're going to take a little survey. Because remember, this is an OAC meeting. We're trying to make sure we're on track and going in the direction we're going. And, and in some ways, you got to know where you are. So I need everybody to pull out your phone. What a blast. You get to do that in church. And I'm actually asking you to do it. Pull out your phone. There's a QR code, and it's a five-question survey. I need 100% participation. This is anonymous, so I'm not going to call you later and ask you why you answered the way you did. I want your most honest, raw, immediate feedback. So don't overthink it. Don't try and think, what's the right answer? Just answer the questions. Five questions you have 60 seconds. Go! Some music to survey by. Everybody just look up whenever you get done.
All right, I'm seeing mostly faces. So I'm going to push ahead. I, I, I just had this thought, so it wasn't in my notes. But I just thought when we take surveys like that one in particular with that kind of emphasis, I wonder how many of you feel guilty. And I hope that you don't. I hope that you saw those questions and you thought, what an opportunity. This is what, I like I know 100%, this is what God's called me to. And he never calls us to something that he doesn't enable us to do. And so what an opportunity we have this year to go after the heart that God has for the world. So all this is is really just kind of a benchmark. It's just us saying, here's where we are today. And 12 months from now, Let's hope that we're not in the same place. Let's hope that God has done such a magnificent work that when we do Vision Sunday next year, we're celebrating expansion, that he has expanded his kingdom and used us in the process. Um, we have a new panel up over here. We remind ourselves throughout the year of our emphasis, and I want to read this to you as we think about going outward with the mission, connecting outward with the mission by showing and sharing the good news about Jesus with people across the street and around the world. That's what we're going after by God's grace and uh, excited to see what happens there. Before I get into some of the details, I do want to say that this is not to the neglect of everything else that we do. It's not as if we're going to stop connecting upward with God or withward with the body or inward with our gifting. No, this is just an emphasis. It's just really giving some attention to an area where we need to grow and to change. It's a next part of the project in our church. So I, I want to remind us of kind of the normal part of church life as we go about this emphasis. This is also in that brochure right there in the middle under membership. These are our mutual commitments to one another. And I'll, I'll just kind of work through these quickly. First of all, we talk about consistent corporate worship. Um, we don't come to church because we have to. At least I hope that's not the case. We come to church because we get to. And we get to be reminded every week of this beautiful body that we're a part of. And we get to use our gifts to serve one another and encourage one another to love one another as we're commanded to do. So consistent corporate worship is just our way of saying, I'll see you next week and we'll worship God together. Secondly, community group participation. Um, life change happens in the context of authentic relationships and those are hard to have on Sundays only. This is an important part of it, but this isn't all of it. We want to do life together week in and week out, good days and bad days. So community group participation, that's a mutual commitment that we have to one another. Faithful service. Every person in this room has a gift. And we, we challenge you to identify your gift and then use it to build up the body of Christ. So that's a commitment we make to one another. Financial partnership. We talk very easily about money here. No guilt trips, no compulsion, just, you know what, ministry costs money. And we challenge you to give 
faithfully. And I want to highlight three specific things. We have a general fund, and that is really just, that's how we operate week in, week out, month in, month out. That's the cost of ongoing ministry. Then we've done some special initiatives, capital campaigns, so that we could have a facility, a home base that we can work from. And there is debt associated with that. And we have said from the very beginning that our philosophy of debt is to borrow as little as possible and pay it off as fast as possible. So we're just prayerfully asking God to help us be good stewards, not only of what we have, but of what we owe. And we'll be communicating with you how we're thinking about that, especially as it relates to this third emphasis, and that's ministry expansion. If God is calling us to more, then we're prayerfully asking him, what is the more? And undoubtedly, whatever it is, it's going to cost something. And so as we're thinking about all that God entrusts to us, we want to go, how can we best use that so that we can operate responsibly, take care of our debt, and then go after whatever expansion he might have for us in the future. So pray for our leadership that we would be wise and attentive to God as he leads us financially. And we ask you, uh, in fact, September will begin a new ministry fiscal year. And so every year we ask you to prayerfully go to the Lord as we're told to in scripture and just ask him, what has he called you to invest in the kingdom of God through this church? And whatever that is, Say yes to him. You're not saying yes to me. You're saying yes to him. And then just as we're all giving, we'll have everything we need to do what he's called us to do. I'm confident of that. And then lastly, and I just got to tell you, we just added this this year. And I'm a little embarrassed. I just sort of assumed, <laughs> you know, great commission and all that we're just all about reaching the world, sharing the gospel, leading people to Christ and helping them grow in their faith. But as we talked as staff and elders and we looked at these mutual commitments, we said, you know what? We can't assume that. This is a commitment that we not only make to God, but we make to each other to be about reaching the world. So we added evangelistic boldness this year and it's gonna stay on there because that's what we're supposed to be about is reaching this world in the same way that God reached us. So we want to personally live on mission, and let me talk about what that's going to look like in this coming year. Let's break it up into three categories, equipping, experiencing, and expanding our influence. Equipping, experiencing, and expanding our influence. From an equipping standpoint, we are going to go through the book of Acts, and we've got a really original name for that series, Outward. <laughs> is that pretty good? Yeah, just a great reminder. And this is the template. Think about it. This tells us the story of the inauguration of the church that Jesus said he would build. And that story is still going. We're a part of that story. And we get to keep playing a part until he returns. Uh, missiologist Peter Wagner says this, it is intended to be, the book of Acts, a paradigm of how the kingdom of God would be spread worldwide through the centuries until Jesus 
returns. He goes on to say God's people were to break through geographical, racial, linguistic, religious, cultural, and social barriers in order that people of every race and tongue might receive the good news. That's God's plan. That's God's vision. And we get to be a part of it. We're a part of that story, and we want to have every bit of the redemptive influence that God intends for us. We don't want to miss out on anything. And so we're inviting him to lead us. So we're going to go through the book of Acts. Um, we're going to bring a guy in. This will be in January of next year. His name's John Hopper. He's a part of a ministry called Search. And they do as good a job as anybody I know of of reaching out into the marketplace, building great relationships, having spiritual conversations, asking and answering the big questions of life so that they might lead people into relationship with Jesus. And so John has uh, written one book called Questioning God. I highly recommend it. It's terrific. And he is finishing up a new book right now. He's going to come speak to us and to our leadership in January, and then we're going to use some of his materials and search materials to be on mission, to reach outside our walls and connect with people in our city. So that's coming. Uh, We're going to do that 40 days of fasting and prayer again, but this is going to be our focus this year since we're going outward. We've timed it so that we'll finish the 40 days of fasting and prayer on Good Friday. We are going to be praying For the people around us, the people that God has brought right into our sphere of influence, we're going to be praying for them. We're going to be building relationships with them. We're going to ask God to save them. So what an amazing time of fasting and prayer for this mission that God has given us. And then we're going to celebrate on Easter This next year. Here's a question that we want every single person to ask. All right, here it is Who do I know that needs to know Jesus? Real easy. Who do I know that needs to know Jesus? Now, here's the deal you may not know anybody personally right now that needs to know Jesus, but there's somebody around you that you need to know because they need to know Jesus. So that's, that's where we're going to start. If you can't write a name down of somebody, you're like, I'm in relationship with this person. I, I'm pretty sure they don't know Christ. I'm going to be praying for them, engaging with them, and with hopes of having spiritual conversations. If that's the case, then that's what we're going after, building those kinds of relationships. The answer to that question we've talked about this before, is your Nicodemus. Remember the four square relationships? You got Paul, Barnabas, Timothy. Nicodemus, he is the man this year. Ladies, I don't know what the name would be, but just Nicodemus, that's what we're going after. We want to reach the people around us who don't yet know Jesus. So there's some equipping going on there. Then experience. Uh, We don't want to just know about the mission or just talk about the mission, we want to be on mission. So we're going to continue to challenge you to take steps, take the initiative to show and share the love of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we took our 
kind of banner of fellowship outward, which is really just been our way of talking about mission trips, and we have expanded that language to include three pathways. One is mission trips. Another one is community service. And then the last one is what we call love your neighbor. So let me talk about those quickly. Mission trips. Two years ago, we challenged everyone to prayerfully consider going on a mission trip. And that could be locally, nationally, or internationally. Um, We said that that's an intentional outreach initiative designed to show and tell the love of Christ to a particular group of people, again, locally, nationally, or internationally. These are focused ministry activities over a rarely short period of time. We said about three days or more. And it's intended to establish or advance the gospel presence in a particular area of need. So we've been very intentional about that over these last couple of years, and we're going to continue to do so. In fact, it's it's been very encouraging to see these relationships that have formed that are now well-established, where we can go back again and again and again. And what we get to do is um, we get to bring a burst of resources to people who are there for the long haul. Like we just come in, we serve, we help, we support, and then we head out and they carry on. But we've got this relationship and we get to be a blessing. And then God uses it to change our lives. This last year, we went to Honduras, Slovenia. We did a backyard Bible club here. We went to Memphis. We had a VBS. We went to Scotland. We had over 180 people from our church go on a mission trip this last year. That is awesome. Uh, In the fall, we're going to Arizona, and then we are prayerfully looking at a trip to South Dakota. I'm going to be talking to a pastor in Mexico uh, next week, and then Hope Force International, they do disaster relief all around the world. We're probably going to take some trips with them as well. So lots of opportunities, and as I thought about the Backyard Bible Club that we did, okay, we had one of those last year. What if we had 10? They had 30 kids from one neighborhood that showed up at somebody's house. What if we had 10 of them? 300 kids around Murfreesboro that get to hear about Jesus and be invited into a relationship with him. Mission trips. Then community service. And this is fun to think about because we, we did this uh, years ago. We're kind of resurrecting Uh, If you were around, uh, we did Church Outside the Walls. How many of you were a part of Church Outside the Walls? Okay, grab one of those people and ask them about it. An amazing experience where we go outside the walls on a Sunday morning and uh, we worship God through service. We, We find projects all over our city and we roll up our sleeves and we go to work for the love of God in the love for people with no strings attached. We're going to do that this year. Uh, Mark your calendars. That's going to be April 28th. But besides that, we are just going to be looking for one-day service projects throughout the year. Get your group together, your community group, maybe your discipleship group, and we're going to find ways to serve people because oftentimes that's the entryway to get to tell people about Jesus. They kind of want to see it before they hear it. 
And so we're going to serve in our city. Our student ministry does go days on a monthly basis. You can just jump in with them. Benji and Connor said, hey, yeah, just come along. We're going to go serve around our city, and we would love for you to go with us. So go days are a part of that. Lots of opportunities to serve practically with no strings attached. So mission trips, community service, and then love your neighbor. Jesus calls us to know and be known by the people who do life right around us. We live in a culture where we drive into our neighborhood and we pull into our garage and shut the door behind us. And we don't have to talk to anybody. We can just live in our own little space. But if we're going outward with the mission, we've got to break out of that. We've got to pay attention to the people around us right across the street and engage them, not to get anything, but to show them the love of Christ, to build relationship and to have opportunity to tell them about a God who loves them. We want to get better at cultivating relationships with the people in our neighborhood, at our workplace, um, where we just kind of share common interests. What, what, however our lives intersect, we want to get better as a church at building those relationships. And so we're going to be intentional there. Well, speaking of relationships and reaching out, I, I want to see, do we have results there? Thank you, Rob. Look here, how about that for technology? Very encouraging. 84% of us said that we can explain the gospel and lead a person to faith in Christ. That's awesome. And you know what? We've kind of suspected that we are a well-equipped church. The question is, are we putting our equipping into action? How does the idea of sharing your faith with a non-Christian make you feel? 10% anxious and afraid, 38% apprehensive, 42% are willing, and 10% are eager. So you eager beavers, <laughs> you're leading the way. I love that. When was the last time you personally shared the gospel? 51% less than a year ago. 27% between one and two years ago. 16% longer than three years ago. And six have never shared the gospel with somebody. So what a great opportunity. Again, there's no guilt. Like, this is where we are. And we get to take some steps forward as a community of faith. Who in the church do you believe is called to tell others about Jesus? Now, this is one of those questions where we know the right answer, <laughs> but does our life reflect our belief in that answer? So, uh, we got no answers on teaching pastors and elders and staff, so I guess you guys don't believe we're supposed to tell anybody about Jesus. <laughs> 5% said mature Christians, 95% said every Christian. Let that sink in. We all have the privilege of telling someone else about Jesus. All of us. A brand spanking new Christian can tell somebody about Jesus because all they need to know is what their need was and who their Savior is. 
Are you currently praying for and pursuing a non-Christian in your sphere of influence? 64% said yes. <clears throat> That's awesome. And 36%, we're going to get you a Nicodemus this year. All right? All of us can have somebody that we're reaching out to. Fellowship outward activity should be an overflow of the life-changing activity of God in our lives. And I want to mention to you this passage, 2 Corinthians 9.8. Man, let this encourage you. Paul says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, and he has, so that having all sufficiency, underline these all words, all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And those works are about reaching the world. So be encouraged. God is doing a good work in us. This project is ongoing and it's beautiful. And let me finish with expanding our influence. So our elder team is prayerfully exploring how God might want us as a church to reach beyond our immediate sphere of influence. We have no idea what that means or what that looks like at this point, but it sure is exciting. I feel the same way I did when I was in Dallas, Texas. I believed that God had called me to be a church planter, and I had the world as a possibility. <laughs> and then I found out about Murfreesboro. And Kimberly and I, four little kids, two to seven, moved here, didn't know a soul. That was 23 years ago. And here we are. And he's still calling us to more. He wants us to reach further than we ever have. And so pray with us that God would give us clear direction so that we might fulfill Acts 1.8. You will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. He didn't say you might. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want to tell you a story about a little guy that uh, uh, our team in Memphis encountered these last two years. But it was a, a pretty special story this year. His name's Caden. He's eight years old. He's difficult and disruptive. And he told our team again and again that he didn't believe anybody loved him. And our team told him again and again and again, we're here because we love you and God loves you. And little Caden, disruptive, difficult, he just keeps showing up. He's listening. He's watching. He's waiting to experience the love of Christ. And he did this last summer. There was a day, they said there was a rainstorm that came in. I'm, I'm telling you this story kind of second, third, fourth hand. I'm not sure. But there was a day when rainstorm came in and basically kind of wiped out everybody except for Caden. He showed up at his club site and it was just him. So imagine little eight-year-old Caden surrounded by, I think it was 20-something leaders. And they're all there for him. How about that? God knew that little boy needed to know that he was loved. And he knew it was going to take something big. 
that day, we, I don't know if he's received Christ, but he knows the gospel. His leader took him out in the rain, and there was this big kind of stream, I guess, kind of washing along, and he put Caden on one side of that stream and another leader on the other side. He said, Caden, I want you to imagine that over there is Jesus, and he's kind of giving him the idea. Do you think you could just jump over all of this to get to him? Of course not. The leader stands in the middle of the stream, which kind of represented the mess, the chasm between him and God. And he grabbed little Caden and carried him over the stream to the leader. He said, that's what God wants to do for you. That's the gospel. It's God doing for us what we can never do for ourselves. Isn't it amazing the lengths to which God will go to bring us the good news. I was Caden in 1981. And I showed up at a Young Life meeting all by myself. And there was a group of leaders who treated me like the room was full. They made my way because I couldn't afford it to go to camp and hear the gospel. And I received Christ there. A lot of time passed, but I ended up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee and planted a church full of wonderful Christ followers, some of whom went to Memphis. And they got to meet Caden, another little boy who needed to hear that God loved them. That's what we're about. That's the story. That's the project that we're a part of. And that is what we're going after this next year outward with the mission. Here's going to be our mantra for, for 23-24. Each one, reach one. That's all we're asking. Each one, reach one. Let's pray and ask God to do that work in us. Let me pray and then Jeff will wrap us up. Father in heaven, so grateful that you sent someone We all have a name, someone that brought the good news to us. And we want to be that someone for somebody else. And so as a church, Lord, as we're doing all that we always do, living in community with one another, Lord, would you take us outward like never before and use this church to expand your kingdom for your glory and for our good until Jesus returns. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.